Hello, I'm your host, Gemma Holbert, and welcome to the Yachtstube Podcast. This space is entirely dedicated to authentic conversations about life at sea. Through thoughtful chats and real experiences, I talk with some of the most insightful men and women in the yachting industry. No questions off the table as we dive into the wonderful and absurd world of stewardesses. Before starting today's episode, I wanted to share with all of you a really exciting partnership between the Yachtstu and Salacia Yachting. Together, we have created and are launching the first admin-focused Chief Stewardess course. We cover everything from work lists to hiring with loads of downloadables and videos to make it as easy to follow as possible. The course is fully online, you can work at your own pace, and you will have lifetime access. If you are interested, head over to www.theyachtstu.com forward slash courses to learn more and be one of the first to sign up. Welcome back to another episode of the Yachtstu podcast. Today we have the incredibly talented Bry joining us from the UK. We are going to discuss all things Etsy the pros and cons of doing a season in Alaska, and her newest venture. She has just started a luxury picnic company uh, based in Cornwall. And gosh, she has so much knowledge, and I'm just so, so excited to have her here with us today. So, Bri, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Gemma. Yeah, I know. We were just discussing how we've kind of been um, in the yachting industry following each other around for a couple of years now and just always kind of miss each other. And um, yeah, never got to actually have that cocktail or cup of coffee that we always promised each other. But um, it's finally, yeah, had a chat on the phone and it was really, really lovely. So and um, been really excited to come on and chat. So yeah, really great to be here. Yeah, I just wanted to introduce myself. Okay. And I have been on yachts for the last eight years and just finally transitioned out a couple of months or about a month ago now and moved back actually back home to the UK. I'm actually based in Cornwall, Newquay specifically down in Cornwall and um, just started my own business. So yeah, it's all a bit new and exciting and uh, yeah, very, very excited to be here and explain everything that I'm doing. Awesome. And we are totally going to get into your business I absolutely love it. When you first posted about it, I sent you a message and was like, girl, this is insane. This is amazing. I have to share this with the world. So hopefully we will get to that in a little bit. But first, I want to dive straight into table settings because you are phenomenal with your theme nights, your table settings, and just your eye for detail, I think is is impeccable, really. So I would love to kind of jump right in and first of all, speak about advice for anyone that is new to table settings that maybe is lacking a bit of confidence, is not sure where to start, because I can't imagine that it's that easy kind of jumping onto a boat, having no experience, and suddenly you're asked to do a table for 12 with a certain theme. So where do you kind of start with that, and and what's your advice? Being in this industry for eight years now, it's just been a growing thing for me. It's, it's all about, obviously, the growth of starting somewhere and just working your way up, and there's so many, obviously, influences along the way that shape your insight into table settings and looking at other people's work and having so many aspects to it there's definitely been a lot of growth for me I would say that I've 
always had a creative streak and had a, had a creative spark and just love the table setting side of things. So it's always been something that I've really, really enjoyed. And obviously starting as a junior back in the day, it was it's something I was really, really keen to get involved in and try and impress my chief students at the time and um, always just really, really focused on paying a lot of attention to detail to it and just taking every advice along the way and just being a sponge basically and then just rolling with it and finally you get the chance to be creative yourself and and go from there advice for table settings is just to not overcomplicate things obviously we've got a thousand things running around in our heads when we're setting a table that has to be done as standard obviously you know with the cutlery layout and the glasses and the bread plates and there's so many technical things to think about when we're setting a table you just really need to just step back and think of the what you're there to do and actually make it a really pleasant and and enjoyable experience for the guests so it's just thinking say you were coming onto the boat or you know you were getting changed for dinner and you're excited about having a dinner experience on board a, a yacht what would you like to walk into and see it's just having that thought of Yes, of course, you have to have things out properly, but of, you just have to think of the um, creative and the visual aspect of it as well. So I just say don't overcomplicate things. Use maybe one feature point and work from there, whether that's a certain flower, a colour or a decorative item that you've got on board already. Just try and ensure that everything is like say, you know, you've, you've gone to a start at a certain port and you've gone to a local florist there and they've got some gorgeous white hydrangeas. Just start thinking in your head, OK, that would be amazing with these napkins that we've got on board or with this napkin ring or placemat that we have on board. Just start thinking ahead of time and make a certain plan in your head. Or if you say you've got some gorgeous, I don't know, got some tulips in there pink if you've got some napkin that would tie in with that like just have a plan from the get-go color from a flower and napkin keep things as simple as possible and then go from there on a day-to-day basis I try and keep things as simple and as elegant as possible and then maybe possibly go more elaborate and out there for a one special day or an evening whether that's been requested by the owner or a little bit of a surprise. Um, so from a, on a day-to-day basis for breakfast or lunch, I would usually keep it very simple and use as fresh flowers as possible. Or if you don't have the opportunity to have fresh flowers, there's some lovely false flowers out there that you can just tie in with the tables. And it is always just a mood booster for the guests if you've got flowers on board. And then, yeah, so... Probably every, you know, once a trip, I would kind of do a special occasion. Also, I then would, if we've got an arrangement, usually I would have a arrangement on board at the start of the trip that I would get either summer florist if I didn't have time or make my own. And you'll see it, you know, as the trip goes on, um, it usually gets a little bit tired or there's some flowers that will wilt a little bit faster than others so I would just use the um, leftover flowers from the larger arrangements and use them in the table settings or take things from other arrangements and pop them in the table settings and you'll see that you can make a really 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 amazing table just from things that you have around the boat or from the larger flower arrangements yeah that will last you the whole week or 10 days or whatever however the long the trip would be
So picking one element, pairing that with something else, and then from there pairing that with another additional item. I think that is really key because too often, um, I don't know if you do this, but I look at a table and I just see every tiny detail. Whereas I think when I started yachting, I looked at a table and I just thought the whole thing and thought, wow, how would someone think to pair this with that and that with this and, and so on and so forth. So I love that element of starting small, pairing things together, and then looking at your flowers and just going, okay, how are we going to rework this? How is this going to last longer? I just think, you know, just having that mindset of thinking outside the box of not just that arrangement came as is, it's going to stay as is till the end of the trip. I just think that's a really good point of pulling it apart, separating it, um, and just adding small elements from around the boat. I, I really love that tidbit. Yeah, you'll see, I mean, you'll see yourself on a roll before you know it. It will just, it will just come. And um, I would just say, go with it, use what you have, and plenty of ideas will just roll into your head. And and then you can just mix and match with whatever you have and whatever you can make do. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's all about that, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, talking about kind of your favorite items on board, because your most recent vessel was around the 50 meter mark, if I'm correct. I can't imagine you would have had a huge amount of storage space. I spent many years on 50 meters and I know we don't have a lot of space. So what are your go-to kind of favorite items or favorite flowers for keeping on board? I would say, it, yeah, exactly. Being on a 50 meter boat, we were lucky with having a bit of storage on, on the boat that I was previously on last. And especially, obviously, I was up in Alaska for quite a while. So having fresh flowers all the time isn't always at your beck and call. So it's definitely ideal to have something in your back pocket or in your little boat storage that you can just whip out as soon as you've got a little lull in your inventory so I would say just try and use anything that you have on board we contacted a florist where we were most recently up on on the west coast of the states and they actually had a really great collection of dried flowers we yes they're delicate but if you can look after them properly and just keep them in a really nice area um, space that we just then use them time and time again and if we had the chance to have some fresh stuff or some mix and match with whatever else we had on board with shells and things they looked absolutely amazing and dried flowers sorry it would rage at the moment so it was just a thought we were a bit ahead of time with that so it was perfect we then yeah just about kind of using uh, inspiration from where you are as well so it's not necessarily having something on board we would wherever we were located I'd kind of if the boys were going out on a tender ride in the afternoon with the guests, I would kind of get them to just try and bring something a little back for us to use on the tables that like we were up in Alaska and I'd get them to kind of go to the local when they were at the side of their tender ride or wherever they were dropping the guests off, they would go and get some fresh greenery from the bushes or some furs up there. And we would do an amazing little table setting with wine bottles and furs and um, just then also it's just a great experience for the guests that have been out on a hike there to come back, get changed and come to a setting that's actually real sort of like inspiration for where they've been for that day. So that was really lovely. And we also went and visited some glaciers up there as well. So we actually got the guys to carve off a little bit of the glacier ice and brought them back and we put it in some bowls and things in the evening, chopped some bits up for the uh martinis for the cocktail hour and then added the rest of some table settings with some really pretty lights underneath so 
it's all about bringing the inspiration from the outside and a great experience with the guests and then it's just something that they're definitely going to remember and um, you know real touch of the outside in kind of feel for them absolutely and that keeps the experience going doesn't it I mean they're in Alaska they've just done a hike or you know they've maybe gone to hot springs and then come in and they're going to continue to experience Alaska even though they're on the boat so I think that is fantastic I have always wanted to go to Alaska was it what you expected when you were up there or somewhere you would like to revisit what did you think of Alaska Oh, it was unbelievable. Like, it was absolutely amazing. It's definitely one of those bucket list takeoffs on, on yachting, that's for sure. We were lucky to be up there for four seasons in a row um, on my previous boat. So we definitely saw, saw the ins and outs, the bad, the good. Yeah, there's definitely some docks that we were very questionable, cleats that we weren't sure that we could tie up for or didn't know whether we were going to still, still be there on the in the morning and definitely some colourful characters that we met along the way, that is for sure. I think we actually saw the cast of one of the Alaska's bush people one evening in one of the adventures that we took out of the boat. So, yeah, definitely an experience, that's for sure. But it is absolutely breathtaking. I can't describe it. I would definitely go back in a heartbeat. We got to see some incredible glaciers. We actually had an experience one day. I was, we had the guests off. They were doing a little tender tour around to see the glaciers. And we're actually up at Tracy's arm. And there was a few, uh, like um, day skippers and day boats out there and then we actually got really quite close and I was up there table was set ready for lunch and I thought oh I've got a bit of time for once I will I had this beautiful butterfly tea, um, tea flower cocktail that I wanted to try out and I thought right okay I'll just do this and and this glacier behind I'll take it up to the bridge deck after I'll pop it on the side there and this glacier behind with the butterfly pea flower because it's actually like a blue color for the cocktail this is just going to look amazing so we were all up there admiring it all the guests were off for you know 20 minutes and um, the captain was out on the bow I was just taking this photo and then I thought, oh my goodness, this glacier is starting to like carve. And I thought this is going to be amazing. And then suddenly it just kept going. And this carve was, I'm not joking you, we were all scrambling to get inside because the lunch table was set and the captain was running in from the bow and we luckily had the bow thruster still on and he managed to turn the boat around and get out in time. But one of the day skippers of the local boats there said it'd been the biggest carving that they'd seen in 30 years so we were out of their quick sticks and it was just like holding on to the wine glasses kind of scenario <laughs> so, oh my yeah, gosh it was quite a uh, surreal experience and one that we'd never forget but there was definitely some moments up there in Alaska that yeah it's just one of those wow well, plenty of those wow moments that, yeah, it's um, one that if you can get up there and you get on a boat with an itinerary up there, you will not regret it. It's absolutely awesome. What an experience. Oh, my gosh. And I guess you're just so in the elements that you can't always plan for outdoor meals. You know, I would assume no. it would be a lot more indoor meals and, and everything along those lines. So what what an incredible experience. And obviously with being in Alaska – I can't imagine it's the hotspot for deco shopping. <laughs> so you would have to kind of pre-plan. So do you have some go-to stores that you, you know, kind of visit quite frequently before doing your Alaskan seasons? 
And would you be able to share kind of your favorites? Yeah, absolutely. No, completely. I think I did do a few dollar store runs while I was up there in some really (laughs) random places, but it's definitely about getting yourself prepared before the season starts and, and making the most of the shops while you have them. We had our off season in San Diego before we made the giant trip up. So we were lucky in that respect, but definitely making a plan to get some real good goodies in. So I was shopping at Crate and Barrel. Love that. They have some really, really good sales on quite a lot of the time. So placemats, napkins, and then just some real nice different decor items that kind of just think outside the box for the table settings as well. So they had some really cool things in the sale there. They had some real cool terrariums, um, which I love to use with either stones or flowers or a mixture of that with shells in. They always look amazing. Pottery Barn's also a really, really good hotspot for me. And then, I mean, who doesn't love Kim Seaver? Always try and get that online shopping going with her. Um, We've got really, really few lovely items from her with napkins and napkin rings that try and mix in. We've had a really lovely um, turquoise set that goes perfectly with the obviously glacial ice look up there. Another one that I always use for not just for theme nights, but for a lot of different kind of birthdays or menu items is just Etsy online. I love Etsy. You can tailor it to so many different things. Um, We've had surprise birthdays dropped on us up in Alaska, which, you know, it always happens. The owner comes on and say, oh, it's someone's birthday that's just cropped up. Can we do this? Can we do that? And you're not going to be able to just run out to the store and get those last minute items. So even if you can just try and do something yourself and go on Etsy and they've got those downloadable items so you can do like birthday invites and use whatever you have already on board just with that personal touch from there it works a treat so this yeah it is doable but it's definitely Etsy is there for you just in case <laughs> that's brilliant we spoke at one point that you did a Paris themed kind of Chanel anniversary party and you found the most incredible thing on Etsy so can you share a little bit about that event and what you found on Etsy because I just think it is really cool and just a unique kind of added detail I think for an event yeah I mean Obviously, with the theme nights, we usually, with, we've had um, guests on for majority of the summer. And these are, I, I've worked on a private boat, boat for many years now. So it's usually return guests. And obviously, it's lovely doing all the theme nights and everything else. But I've tried to kind of think outside of the box for the last couple of years because we have had return guests. And you do, and as, you know, as much as I love the pirate nights and all things like that, it is nice for us as girls and the interior team and the guests themselves to actually have something a little bit different so it is I've been just trying to think outside the box for different theme nights for the last couple of years and we had a um, couple on for a wedding anniversary it's actually the 60th one of a wedding anniversary and we were in the middle of nowhere and all we had well actually I found out from the owner that they actually got married in Paris so I knew we had a Eiffel Tower and things stashed in our little decorative cupboard and I thought okay let's run with this and we just had some leftover flowers that we decorated the Eiffel Tower with so we covered the Eiffel little Eiffel Tower as the centerpiece and flowers and then we had a 
French menu and French music and the menu I printed off from Etsy. And we had some glass vases that we made out of into Chanel perfume bottles. And I just printed the Chanel logo from Etsy. And also I found a, a invitation on Etsy that had all the big events that happened on the year the couple were married. And so that was a really nice touch. So we just put a little tiny little um, bottle of Moe and the invitation on their bed with all the big events from the year they were married and the little Chanel bottle from um, with flowers in. And yeah, they absolutely loved it. And it was something that we already had on board, just some real pink and white roses. So yeah, it's definitely doable. And it's just, just going that extra mile just to get um, something that the guests are just going to remember and cherish. Absolutely. And what a great idea to remind them of all the fun things that would have happened in the year that they got married. Because I think especially after 60 years, it would have been such a great, I guess, walk down memory lane of, oh, do you remember in the September of that year, this happened or or this famous movie came out or something along those lines. I think that would just be a really, I think that's just a beautiful touch. Um, yeah, it was great, definitely a big idea. Yeah, it was a big talking point. They they absolutely loved it. And they brought it out to the rest of the guests to see and yeah, it was a great conversation starter for them all. So yeah, it was it went down a treat. Absolutely. So it is, I mean, it's no surprise that now that you have left yachting, you are in a very creative mindset and you have the most beautiful business. So I know that you were quite similar to me. You'd only plan on doing yachting for a year or so, and then you ended up doing almost, how many years did you end up doing? Was it seven, eight years? Eight years in the end. Yeah. Eight years. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Planning one and then Gosh, it does happen like that, doesn't it? So what was kind of your thought process when you were leaving? What was there anything that kind of struck you as, you know, I think it may be time to go, or was it just kind of a gradual thought process of maybe taking the next step? I think I've been gradually thinking about going for a couple of years, but I know as we all do, it's um about actually biting the bullet and doing it. It's obviously such a it's such a bubble to live in and it's such a bubble to work in and be a part of which we all know and love so well and it is very daunting actually the thought of taking that step and actually doing it so I think yeah it just struck me this year that it was something that I wanted and knew that it was right for me to do I think I wanted to spend more time at home with my family and friends and just be more present for the important events in mine, everyone else's lives around me at home. My friends uh, started to have babies and weddings and just quality time spent with the people that I, I love. And we all know what it's like to miss those big events. And it's just, it was kind of just the priorities were shifting for me. And then I thought it would be perfect if I could find something that I still loved creative wise and I could just bring into this new new step in life for me so it just seemed like the right time amazing so we need to get into what you do now because I have so many questions and I really do feel as though this is going to be super advantageous for other stews so can you please introduce your business and share a little bit about what you do yeah absolutely so I have started a little small business down in Cornwall in Newquay and it is basically a um, bespoke luxury picnic service so I actually go or speak with a client and it's usually for birthdays or hen or baby showers or even just because I 
chat with them and we discuss a location, whether it be on the beach or the clifftops or a park or a holiday home where they're staying down in Cornwall. And I go and set up a picnic for them, basically. It's just a grazing board. I've got little tables that I bring along, table linen, napkins, material table runner, plates and glasses, and then just a grazing board down the middle. And then, um, yeah, some flowers and just make it as pretty and less fuss for them. They just turn up, have this full setup and then have it for a couple of hours, then I come and clear it all away. So yeah, it's basically that in a nutshell, but it's been an amazing experience to start and um, I'm really excited to see where it will go. So I have to cut in here because you are seriously underselling how incredible this business is. (laughs) You guys, what she puts together is what I have been saving on Pinterest going, one day, how incredible would it be to have something like this. You know, it's just what you do is so beautiful. Your color schemes are just impeccable. I know you recently got the most gorgeous like linen looking tent. And I just think honestly, it's, it's superb. And for anyone that's wondering, it's called Dime with Iris. So we will put all the info in the show notes for you to check it out. So I am really keen to try (laughs) and maybe piece together a smaller version of one of these luxury picnics. I'm not sure how that would go because the weather is taking a turn here. But for stewardesses that are wanting to put together luxury picnics for their guests, it is quite similar to a beach setup, I think, in terms of, you know, you're doing a full pack in and pack out. So what's kind of a few pieces of advice you would give to anyone that are wanting to recreate some of your stunning creations and events? Oh, well, yeah, it's, I mean, (laughs) thank you for that. That's really sweet. (laughs) Yeah, so basically, I took a bit of time, spent it at home, and I was just learning to do something a bit more productive and different while I was at home. I've always loved flowers and putting little arrangements together and everything else. So when a post came up on Instagram about McQueen's Flower School in London, Having a course starting while I was here, while the week I was home, I jumped at the chance and it just seemed like it was meant to be. I initially joined for a week course and ended up staying for a whole month and it was just absolutely magical. Yeah, it was, it was then that the seed was planted that I could, um, yeah, everything seemed to be pointing in the direction that I wanted to go. Again, last year I also organised a Hindu for a good friend of mine in Barcelona and was looking for like an fun like alternative thing for the girls to do for a day yeah we had obviously you know the wine bars and the the beaches and everything else but it's just about looking at something a little bit different so I found a little company that did a beach picnic and it was just an option that immediately appealed to me I mean the beach rosé grazing boards it's like enough said isn't it so fair to say we were all like really impressed and couldn't stop thinking about this idea and just thought it would be absolutely perfect option for me to just try and work on that and build on a little business for myself and bring something similar and then just incorporate that with the love of like my love of flowers and then obviously having the setting as the beautiful Cornish coast it just couldn't seem a better option for me yeah so advice for people to create a picnic for the guests on board I would say and then have a backup plan like plenty of plans I know this is what we constantly talk about having 
on board yachts and it's something that's drilled into us from a very early stage of yachting but I can't stress that enough I think it's just funny before um, like my mum would say before yachting that I definitely wasn't an organized person and that <laughs> is gonna have done a, I've done a complete 180 now I think um it's just had to be it's uh, there's no other way really if you want to provide this opportunity and this experience for the guests you just have to be it's like I have a checklist to tick off so I would definitely say have everything even down to the last fork or even down to the last roll of paper towel just have a checklist of everything you need to tick off and do not tick that off until you have it in the box or have it in the crate that's going to leave the boat or in my case going to go in the van and double check everything have it in your head checklist 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 and rather just have more than enough just in case like I have extras of everything in a ziplock um just in case that one fork drops in the sand or the one napkin gets flower water on it or something like that so you don't know it's just you're in the van or you're in the tender a blanket gets wet just have extras just in case so you don't have to be stressing I just like to be more than well prepared so there's not that sinking feeling you know in your heart when you like I've got just enough pillows and one soaking wet so you just have extras and everything should work to plan I've also had an experience obviously English weather for the summertime you cannot always rely on it so yes we I've never actually followed a weather app more closely in my entire life but it's just you know you might have a rain shower in the day and then you've got a beautiful evening with the sunset planned and the picnic will work out absolutely perfectly but you kind of want to keep it in mind that Yes, the sand might be a little bit damp then if the guests are going to be coming. You still want to make it work for them. But I've just gone and bought um, like a tarp to put under the blankets just in case so they don't sit down on that blanket and then they've got a wet. Um, So it's just little things to think about. And that, you know, being on yachting, you're already always thinking of that extra kind of service. Just think, put yourself in that position. If the sand's wet and you're going to sit down, you're going to be wet. So it's just having those little details that you need to think about. I know when I'm setting up the picnics, if I'm sat there having them and you're eating the fruit or you're eating the chocolates or anything else, yes, things happen. So you want to have like some wet wipes, just about the little details. I I have a little mini speaker that I, um, Bluetooth speaker that I add for the picnics. And it's just been so many little comments about that saying, oh God, that's such a really nice touch. Whereas, you know, I don't really think anything of it, but of course, like if you sit down and have a picnic with your friends and also just, yeah, I know it's hard, but give yourself enough time for the setup, especially like I didn't think, I, I thought I'd have time now and then thinking back to the boat and you do not, you know, time is such a luxury, but if you can just make enough time, go into all this effort for the first impression for the guests, and look to be perfect the last thing you want is the clients turning up and you're still busy laying the last few touches it's just not really what you want to go um, what you want the guests to see when you've gone to all this effort so it's just trying to be prepared that is brilliant and I, I I would honestly I would never have thought of that I haven't done a huge amount of beach setups thank goodness they are not my favorite thing in the world but yeah that is very smart because you know, often we were doing beach setups in the Caribbean and it can rain at any point. 
in the Caribbean, it is not the most reliable thing. So I just think that is a, that's a great point. And also something I kind of have, have learned over the time of doing beach setups here and there is whenever I missed something or I was like, oh, that would be good if we added this. I think just keeping notes and just adding, adding, adding to your notes all the time of different thoughts or maybe suggestions you might have to increase the level of service or make the guests more comfortable. I think really keeping tabs on that. Once you have a checklist, that's not the final checklist. Um, oh my God, and, no. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to just keep adding, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Like I've never had so many notebooks in my life. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> so <laughs> what are a few things that you kind of do in this planning process of putting together the picnic? I know you mentioned that you often do baby showers. So do you go ahead and ask if they're having a boy or a girl? Do you tailor to that or do you keep it quite neutral? What's kind of your usual planning process? Yeah, I kind of, I've, I've got a website and obviously I do have a form on the website that the client can fill out, but it is to me, it's a very, I want it to be as a personal experience as possible. So I do try and keep that as minimal as possible and then to contact me and then we can talk about it because you know it's it's such a for the client or the guest or whoever's actually you're doing it for it's such a big occasion for them it's it's nice to actually have a personal conversation with someone and actually get down to talking about what it is for them and how they want their picnic to go so it's just a case of seeing talking to them and set, and getting down to the details and saying, oh, you know, you know, what's the picnic for? Maybe it's just a date day. Maybe they haven't seen their friends in a little while. And especially at the moment, they just want to have a get together and it be outdoors or it's just about getting into contact with the people that you love again. But for me, there's been a few, you know, baby showers and it's just getting to know your client and, are you having a boy or having a girl? And then if they're having a girl, then, then they're going to want to have pink flowers and table linen to highlight this. I mean, um, the last picnic I did, I found a beetroot hummus that was also pink. So incorporate that into the grazing board to tie into the color. Maybe it's a bridal shower and the bride's favorite color is green. So I'll suggest like I've got a lovely sage green color for styling and work around that with the florals or the greenery. Um, so I, I you know that's local to here we've got a amazing local cheese um in Cornwall that's called the Cornish Yarg that's wrapped in actual nettle leaves it's obviously green so it goes amazingly with the color palette so I'm always kind of just trying to think of the details that can be incorporated um in with the picnics and just having those little touches that yes you might get think they get overlooked but they definitely definitely don't and it's always those little little things that people pick up on and that's yeah. a good point as well, I think, for those on boats, is incorporating food with your setting. If you are doing a big themed event or a theme night or, you know, you are doing a picnic, there is no harm in going to the chef and going, hey, this is what we're doing. Is there any way we could incorporate the color scheme? Or if it's an Italian night, can we please make sure that we, between the two of us, coordinate that we're going to serve Italian that evening? I think that's a great point that can bridge over to yachting quite easily is just keeping that communication open with the oh, galley absolutely. to yeah just try and keep it as fluid as possible and really enhance the experience because obviously when you're doing the picnics you are in charge of everything whereas on boats you only are in charge of kind of what the guests see and the service you you aren't looking after the food so I think that's a great point and something that stews we could certainly take from that is 
really, really pushing and enforcing that communication with the galley. Absolutely. I mean, that's key. And it's something that could be so simple, but just leave a real lasting impression on the guests. It's just, you know, how many different things that we've got at our fingertips now that is so simple for us, but does, you know, make a big impression. And do you ever inquire about kind of location with your guests? Do you find out if they have children? Does that change where you would do the setup? How do you usually tackle that? Yeah, it's definitely tailored to whether they, what they're kind of feeling their vibe. So I ask the client if they have little children or say dogs. Um, and if they, if, if that's the case, we can determine whether they want, where they want the pit located. So it could be the back garden if they want more of a secure, um, secluded spot or, you know, a beachy feel if they would like to have the picnic and then maybe play on the beach afterwards. Or maybe it's, you know, just a couple, a bunch of friends or a couple's picnic that they want a really lovely sunset view. So I would definitely more talk about having it as a clifftop location. But it is a big thing to talk about. I mean, definitely thinking about, obviously, on the boats, it's more of a beachy feel, I would think. But it's, you know, there's so many different different spots. I mean, I know when we were in Victoria and BC, there's so many gorgeous little parks that you could go and find a little picnic spot or just thinking outside the box. It doesn't necessarily have to be a beach picnic. We did one in Alaska where the guests actually went on a little hike and me and the deckhand did the hike first with the backpack full of food and some blankets and things. And we took a little trip down and had it set up and it was just overlooking this little river on a grassy spot and the guests were just blown away and they um, we told them about the hike and said that there was going to be like a really nice outlook at the end and me and the decky were trying to <laughs> get there about 20 minutes before them and get everything set up and had some really nice little spread set out for them when they got there so it doesn't always have to be a beachy scene but yeah see wherever you are See if there's like a really um, lovely little hike or location that you could definitely set something up for them and it won't be forgotten. It's going to be a real little highlight for the trip. I know you just said that the guests were blown away, but I am blown away at the dedication of doing a hike ahead of the guests. So halfway through or at the end of their hike, they can have a picnic. Like that's insane. That's incredible. I yeah. really admire your dedication to the cause. <laughs> I don't think we actually realized how long the hike was. And then the poor decky was there. We've, um, I think we just packed like half a peanut butter sandwich and some water for us. And then seeing what the guests had to eat, I think he was a little bit. Oh, a bit out, gutted. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think he had the leftovers. He was fine. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So as you kind of reflect back now, obviously you've got this beautiful, creative, incredible business and you've just left, you know, eight years of yachting. So Kind of as you reflect, what would you say were your biggest life lessons that you learned through yachting and, and how is that kind of helping you now? Yeah, it's been a massive learning process for me in yachting, having, you know, eight years of my life taken over with it. It's been like the best, you know, experience and learning process for me. As I said, it's probably prepared me more than I ever thought it would do. I've become a lot more organized I would say it's I've just discovered that you can definitely not be too over prepared definitely be organized I mean adaptability is huge and just keeping calm in those situations that 
beforehand, I probably have lost my head a little bit. So it's just about, I think everything that yachting teaches you is just about things change and you can't always stick to a plan. There's definitely things don't go your way, whether that's timing, weather, uh, so many different factors. I mean, now I have to deal with tractor traffic on the roads getting to a picnic destination. So yeah, it's it's taught me a lot. And I am now, yeah, keeping a calm head and communicate well is what I can definitely not stress enough, whether it's it's taught me to, yeah, communicating with clients. Obviously, when you're on a boat, you are right there. And then it's just keeping that level of um, communication going between the guests and the crew. Oh, that's such a good piece of advice, I think, for anyone still on boats is really ensuring that they're aware of what they are learning and just kind of taking note of that because you're right you have to be adaptable I did a beach setup it was my last beach setup that I did and hopefully I won't have to do too many more because it was it was just hectic I mean a massive storm came in and we had to swim out to the boat with coolers and chairs and it went dark and we could only see because the boat had the spotlight on the beach and oh it's a bit traumatic but now I'm like you know what if we ever go into a beach setup again these are more procedures in place for next time and obviously I got back on the boat I was absolutely drenched I then did dinner service straight away because guests were already back on board looking a little bit like a drowned rat just chucked on some makeup and you do you learn to go with it don't you so I think just taking every situation and thinking okay well that didn't quite go as planned so what can we do next time to ensure that it goes a little better and how can I kind of put things in place so I'll remain a bit more calm and not feel like maybe things are a bit bit out of whack or a bit overwhelming so that's yeah yeah I think that's something we can all learn it's always a learning process isn't it and you have to just not take it too seriously it's it's you're gonna have a laugh with the girls and just move on and you know hope that you have a better experience next time but it's just you've got to have fun with it that's what we're here for isn't it I know we're giving a great experience to the guests but we've got to we've got to live and and work and have these experiences too so you'll definitely definitely won't it'll be one for the books (laughs) absolutely so Bri where can people find you online if anyone is curious about your picnics and just getting I highly recommend you follow her guys because you can get so much inspo from your photographs so where can they find you on Instagram and what is your website oh so amazing Gemma thank you my website is www.dinewithiris.com co.uk or you can follow me on instagram which is just dine with iris um or lowercase nothing else so yeah fantastic well thank you so so much for kind of taking time out of your busy picnicking schedule to chat with us i'm crossing my fingers that one day i make it down to cornwall and i can have one of these picnics and then i can can share it with party yeah i can share it with everyone (laughs) that would just be amazing um but thank you for taking the time again i so appreciate it And thank you all for listening to another episode. Wonderful, Gemma. Thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely to speak to you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world if you could please share, rate, and review. Have an idea for a podcast topic or want to be our next guest? Get in touch through at the on Instagram or send an email to hello at the And be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode.